following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. From the diamond, to the clubhouse, to the front office, this is the show that feeds the passion for all Twins fans. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. Well, good morning and welcome to Inside Twins. Chris Atterbury with you inside, unfortunately, because it is a stunningly beautiful day across Twins territory, and I hope everybody gets to take advantage of that today and you take the Twins with you. It's a full day of programming. Very lucky and excited to have Derek Fowley with us to kick things off here on Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. And then the Twins uh, taking on the Toronto Blue Jays, trying to win a series from a Blue Jay team that is clawing uh, for a playoff spot, a great three-way race for those two wildcard spots. And, of course, Jose Barrios pitching against his old club. We'll kick things off here now with Derek Fowley. And, Derek, first and foremost, it's probably the last time we really get a chance to talk with you in an extended form before what is going to be a critical and very busy offseason for you. Not that you're not already been very, very busy, but I want to throw a scenario at you just to, to preface how this offseason will look from a fan perspective. In the division, identity-wise, if fans from all the clubs are sitting around talking, a White Sox fan can say, hey, we got all-star starters, a billion dollars for the closer, a powerful lineup, MVPs, lots of runs. We are fired up. A Cleveland team can say, we're going to get our great rotation back, still questions on offense. Tigers team can say, hey, we've had a winning record since April. Uh, We've got young pitching. The young hitters are coming. And the Royals can say, Bobby Witt Jr. is coming. We're going to be fast. We're going to be aggressive. Our young pitchers are taking their lumps. Here we go. What is the Twins fan going to say at that table? What is the identity as you guys forge forward out of what has been a disappointing year? What do you want your club to look like moving forward? That's yeah, a great question, Chris, and, and, and thanks for having me on. Good to be here this Sunday. Um, looking forward to getting outside, too. I hope everyone out there can as well. Uh, but, it, you know, as you said, this has been uh, no secret. It's been a challenging season. Uh, we've certainly not done as well as we expected to do. We felt there is talent in that room, still is talent in that room, and I think some guys are showing it, but we have not lived up to our own expectations for sure. So it requires us to do a, a deep dive. I mean, I think if if you pretend otherwise entering an off season and you look back and just put your fingers in your ears and close your eyes and hope that everything's going to turn out all right, that's not our job. Our job is to attack this, you know, look at it from every angle and, and try and build and, and continue to build going forward. I think when you talk about our identity, I think there are a lot of uh, good parts on this team. You know, you mentioned some players with an, a number of clubs across our division, but I think the the breakout performance of Jorge Polanco this year and, and really a resurgence and what he's been able to do for us uh, on the position player side has been tremendous. I think guys like Josh Donaldson, Byron Buxton, and others have been really quality players on the field for us. We haven't had them on the field the whole season, certainly. Uh, we know that, we recognize that, but a guy like Mitch Garver, who when he's been healthy and on the field you know, at the catching position, there just isn't a lot of offense and what he's been able to give us. And I'm excited about the young kids. You know, we've seen Joe Ryan and Bra- Bailey Ober take the ball now a few times and really give us uh, some bright spots around what could, what's, what's to come on that side. Uh, and then seeing other young players kind of learning and growing, developing, whether that's Nick Gordon or Brent Rooker or, or, or Ryan Jeffers getting better over the course of the season. This is a group that has some seasoned veterans that are, that we think are going to lead us, but also some young talent that we think is coming in a good minor league system that has some good players at the upper levels. When you talk about those young guys, I, I think it's fascinating because let's stick with the position player side for now. Kirilov obviously curtailed by injury. Larnick's been nicked up since he's been back at St. Paul. We've seen Rooker uh, of late, Ryan Jeffers. Have you seen enough 
Uh, obviously, no young player just waltzes in and makes the major leagues look easy. But have you figured out yet that these guys are still ascendant and kind of what they can be as you try to put the puzzle together moving forward? Yeah, it's we've talked a lot about that internally and, and thought about how that will, will work going forward. I think one underappreciated element to young players transitioning to the big leagues this year is uh, losing 2020 as a season for, for a lot of these guys. You know, I've looked across the game and some of the best players you've seen across our division, even on the Twins, you're looking at you know, somewhere between seven, 800, 900, maybe even a thousand plate appearances between the double A AA and triple A levels before they become established major leaguers. And I think when you look down and see that uh, Ryan Jeffers, before he came up here, had about 100 plate appearances in double A, Trevor Larnick, not that far off of that. Um, uh, Alex Kiroff, a few more in double A, but few, but, but none in triple A. I think that, you know, when you think about this, a lot of these guys have had to learn on the fly. It's been a challenge. Uh, that's not an excuse for them, but it's a recognition that the transition to the major leagues this year has been harder for rookies and young players. And we've been relying on some, so this is the opportunity for them to grow, to learn, to get better. What I'm looking at is do these guys show up every day, put the work in and try and get better because that's the only path forward. You know, you can't, you can't pretend everything's just fine and, 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 and everything will just work itself out and put your, throw your hands in the air. I can tell you to a man, every single one of them is showing up, putting in the work every day and trying to get better so we can get back on track next year. On that point, if we, if we flip to pitching, does that lack of, of seasoning time in the minor leagues then concern you pitching-wise because so many of your next wave of pitchers that you've been waiting for and hoping to lean on didn't get to pitch very much this year, much less the year before? Yeah, it's a, it's it's definitely been something we've been trying to wrestle with. You know, what's the right time? When's the right time to push a, a go button on a guy, uh, particularly on pitchers that need to build up. And and we've we've been really attentive. You know, whether it's Bailey Ober uh, who's come up and pitched a good chunk of this year up here, or Joe Ryan who we've acquired and seen now in the most recent games. Those guys are a big part of our future. We want to make sure they're healthy going forward uh, and and are prepped, but also have the established foundation underneath them. You know, how many innings they've thrown, how you know going deep into a season you talk to any young player in the game who's been at the big league level and the first thing they say is they didn't realize how long September is you know because that's just not something they're used to at the minor league level so I think that getting these guys through the grind of a long uh, major league season is really important but as you said you know guys like Josh Winder and uh, Joan Duran and, and Matt Canarino and, and so many others that we really are excited about coming along the way uh, we, we need to get those guys on track some have dealt with injury and we're going to need to to feel that out but they're a part of our future and we're going to we're going to treat them as such when you talk about some of those position players and, and the young guys there's also this this tweener group and they're not old like a josh donaldson seasoned established i mean the track record is there and it's it's inarguable with a guy like josh but a guy like max kepler has a brilliant 19 he's really having a rough year it's going back to looking a lot like his rookie year when we spoke in 18 max was having a rough go and, and you told me, look, we see some underlying numbers and things that indicate that, that we think next year will be better. And voila, it was. And it was right on track. Are those underlying factors there now for a recovery? Was that 19 an outlier? How do we know what Max Kepler is at this point? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. You know, Max is somebody who uh, is is probably 
he and Polo have probably played the most number of games you know, for us over the last handful, handful of seasons, just showing up every day. Uh, it's sometimes been pressed into having, having to play center field for stretches of time. And I think that Max is somebody who he's still, you know, much like some of those other players, he's still growing. I, I still see a young hitter in there at times. He had a great 2019, no question. But you see some things from him uh, that, that still feel like they're maybe earlier than his service time would indicate at the big league level in his plate appearances. So I know that he's, he's continued to, to put forth a great effort. He's one of those guys who's probably uh, impacted by the shift as much as any of our hitters, just in the way that his batted ball profile works. But he's committed to continue to work and, and get better. And I'm, I'm confident that he's going to find a way uh, to, to look a lot more like his 2019 self than he has this year. So you still see some stuff, but maybe it hasn't shown itself on the surface level that, that there's, there, there's more of that productivity in there still with a guy who is obviously supremely talented. Yeah, he's supremely, uh, you just said it right there. You know, you have to be patient with talented players. You look across the game. There are some guys this year that you scratch your head that are really good players that haven't put together the, the seasons offensively than you would have thought. And uh, I think that we recognize some of those guys go through some downs and, and he's dealing with that now. And we're, we're very much committed to his bounce back next year. That's the voice of Derek Falvey. Great stuff to kick things off from a broad scope perspective about what's going on with the Twins as we look ahead to 2022. We'll talk a little bit more about that and about what has been going on already behind the scenes in anticipation of what could be an unprecedented offseason with a lot of things up in the air all around the game that could impact uh, what the Twins do as well moving forward. It's Inside Twins. Derek Falvey is our guest. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more from the man in charge of the Minnesota Twins baseball operations on your home for Twins baseball. The show is Inside Twins. Derek Falvey is our guest. Always great to have Derek uh, check in with us. Hopefully, Derek, you get out in that sunshine at some point today as the Twins take on Toronto north of the border. We're talking about uh, kind of looking ahead and the job you guys have in the front office uh, of orienting this ship back from what has been a year that nobody is happy with inside the building. And I want to talk about changes that we know are going to happen because Bill Evers has said he's retiring at the end of the year. So suddenly now you have an opening on your staff. Uh, staff makeup uh, obviously was affected in the worst of all ways when we lost Mike Bell uh, at the start of the year. I think that has had a massive impact on how this season has transpired, frankly. But knowing that Bill Evers now is going to call it a career after 46 amazing years in professional baseball, uh, what does that look like for you in terms of an opportunity as to how you structure that staff? Is it a traditional bench coach role you're looking for? Where are you guys in that regard? Because you have had a, a ramp up period now knowing this is coming. Yeah, well, I mean, first and foremost, you know, what Bill has meant to us over the last few seasons to Rocco. I know last year he, he spent the time away just given the COVID realities and, and uncertainty around um, where, you know, where the virus was. He He's He's been a tremendous asset for us in terms of his experience and perspectives. Guys managed as many games as you can manage in the minor leagues uh, and just has a, a low heartbeat. And that's really helped, um, really helped with decision making and different things that we need to work through. So uh, really kudos to him and credit to him for all he's done. Uh, we're happy for Bill and his and his family to get more time together. In terms of our staff going forward, you know, because we knew that and we've always been open minded, you know, the thing we, we really don't want to pigeonhole ourselves to, to think about is, uh, what's what's always been what's what's just the traditional view of it it's not that we don't need certain skills on the staff and experience and, and certain fits but we want to be open-minded to what what we need to add to the staff to continue to make it better 
Uh, and so I, I would say that we've had some conversations, Rocco, Thad and I have had some uh, along with a number of our other staff members to talk about what do we think we could add to this staff to best put our players uh, in position going forward. We'll likely have some outside influences uh, on that, but it's something that we're going to have to work through here as we get uh, to, you know, more normally to the end of the season and, and start talking about uh, what's available, maybe some conversations from, from outside spaces, maybe ads that aren't even on the bench, you know, that have uh, the ability to add to our group within the environment. Now, I like a couple of things you said there. I want to jump off on one is certain skills and fits because the staff you have and to, to dovetail with what you finished with, not just in uniform, but the guys behind the scenes like Colby uh, and, and whatnot that goes on in, in terms of your group as Rocco likes to refer to it. They do fill a lot of different boxes over a very wide scope. Now, one box that is not represented is anybody who's pitched in the major leagues. And you've got an outstanding pitching coach who is expert in so many things in terms of how a pitcher works in the sequencing. You've got a whole team of guys from Josh on down who do that, but there isn't anybody there that can say to a guy like Bailey over yesterday, Hey, I've been there with 15,000 Canadians screaming at me when it's starting to fall apart. Here's how I felt. Now I know being a good player doesn't make you a good coach by any stretch of the imagination, but a guy like Jeremy Hefner was someone who meant so much to the club balancing those two skill sets. Is that one of the skills or fits that you might be looking to, to add well, on or off the field? Yeah, I, I think one of the things we really are, are, we benefit um, by is having a, a whole host of people that are around our environment regularly that help us in that space. You know, we, we can tap into Bob McClure and Latroy Hawkins and you know, so many other people within our space, minor league staff, coaches, uh, different people are in the environment that can help navigate some of those challenges. You know, and I think that when we think about it, that is a skill, certainly that experience. And we have some guys on the staff that have had some of that experience uh, themselves. Rock could be the first to tell you he's dealt with the uh, the challenges <laughs> on the other side of, of, of the boo birds, so to speak, uh, particularly in Toronto, <laughs> he said. But, you know, that's something that uh, we certainly look at uh, and, and look and think about the experience that we need, that we want to add that, that has some uh, some skill in our space. Uh, and really be open-minded to what that looks like. We talk about the offseason a lot. The CBA is up, so that may disrupt what can be done. And in light of that, and in every season, really, I know you guys haven't been waiting for the last out to be recorded to start putting together a list of priorities and plans and how you want to proceed. What does it look like behind the curtain? Say, take us back even to as soon as the all uh, the trade deadline passes, games are still being played, what kind of backfill are you guys doing? What kind of infrastructure work in the front office to prepare for when the public sees kind of the off season? Yeah, it's a, you know, it's a lot of work that goes in, as you just said. I think as soon as the trade deadline ends, you, you kind of catch your breath. You think about where you're at and your, your immediate focus is on your young players, both at the big league level and at the, you know, at the minor league levels to see, okay, who needs some development time and at bats, maybe at the big league level, what's the best path for player X, Y, Z, you know, any of those conversations. Sometimes it's not, it's not as clear as maybe it might seem from the outside that you know, guys getting every day at bats versus just getting major league exposure. Those are two very different things. And I think that's a Jose that, Miranda type situation. Exactly. So in some cases, you know, if the path is not clear to getting everyday at bats, sometimes the best thing to do is to get those at bats elsewhere. And so we have those conversations and debates internally all the time. Uh, those are part of our conversation. Giovanni Moran's a great example, you know, who came up late lately. And he's a guy who we feel really good about throwing the ball well in the minor leagues, 
we want to get them that exposure at the big league level. We do recognize there may be some tough days along the way in order to do that. Uh, so we, that's our first focus. Then we shift our attention, certainly to the player personnel side and external focuses. And we have our whole group with, with our pro scouts, with our player personnel people in the office, just constantly scanning free agent lists, trade targets, everything we've done at the deadline, you know, what that looks like and kind of marrying it up with what we think for the off season. So uh, free agency obviously is a big part of, of every off season prep. Uh, we've had it just to give you some highlight of the last week, we've had every day of the week, uh, the last week and a half where we've met on every different position group in free agency, where we just talk through every guy who's in there. And then what else can we learn about those players in the last month of the season? Just making sure that we're not missing something, whether it's injury or how's he coming back, you know, with his stuff. Maybe a guy just got back on the field. So we, we prep a ton before we ultimately kick off that free agent period. And you've always talked from day one about injecting talent in any way possible. So free agency obviously is the easy one to talk about. Trades are another one that will certainly be something that you discuss constantly throughout the course of a year, but especially into the offseason. Are there other means out there, even just combing uh, free agent signings or guys that might be floating around? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, waiver considerations, you know, definitely different ways. I, I look at a, a team like the San Francisco Giants this season who have had a, an absolutely tremendous year on a lot of levels, uh, and they found a way to make adjustments to their own players. You know, it's something that we've dug into to try and figure out. You talked earlier about staff change. You know, they're a team that has – uh, I don't even know what the number of coaches, coaches. Is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's it's north of double digits. Let's put it that way or whatever number that is. And so I think that, you know, they've found a way to, to adapt. And you know we're always trying to learn from the best. They, if a team does well and they do it for a certain reason, we shouldn't be looking away from that. We should be looking into it and, and trying to figure out what did they do? How did they make those players better? Uh, I think about players that are out there from us, you know, whether it's Lamont Wade or, or looking at other players, Darren Ruff's a guy, you know, that got better out there. I, I want to know why I want to think about what adjustments they made and let's figure out how we can adapt and, and get ahead of it for the next run. All right. No time to rest when you're running a major league baseball club. It is a constant treadmill. We'll take a break when we come back, talk a little bit more about today and finish up with Derek Falvey on your home for Twins Baseball. It's our final segment here on Inside Twins. Derek Falvey, our guest. We're brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. Memories are created and legends are made. Next week, Rocco Baldelli with Corey Provish. And then we wrap things up kind of with a roundtable. So our final chance to chat with Derek Falvey prior to what is sure to be a busy offseason. And as you've illustrated, Derek already has been busy preparation for that offseason. So you guys can leap right into the deep end of the pool. Josh Donaldson joined us after the Friday night win. And he told Danny and I, when I asked him about the at-bats, uh, the quality of the bats and, and, and Danny was asking about playing spoiler and, and whatnot. He said, I don't care about spoiler, but I just want to set the tone now for what we look like in spring when we show up in Fort Myers. He said, our record's bad. We get it. But I want everybody who's here because a lot of these same faces are going to be here next year to understand the importance of grinding out every plate appearance to kind of forge that as the norm for this club. What do you make of that sort of a comment from from Josh Donaldson? It has to probably make you smile, I would think. Yeah. I mean, that's the mindset you want. You know, when Josh is on the field, uh, it's a, it's a fight. <laughs> it's a battle. He's between the lines. As you said, I, I don't care about spoiler, you know, other te other teams are going to take care of their own business. What I care about is are, are our guys fighting every day? You know, are they trying to battle through some days aren't going to go your way we get that. And there's some young players up here. They're going to take some lumps along the way. But as Josh said, it's a mentality. It's an approach to, to, to battling every at bat. And I think that what jo if Josh's um, th that thought right there permeates throughout our team, I think that's going to be a good sign for us going forward. Yeah. And talk about the consistency. This is a team that scores a lot of runs, 
but it's feast or famine. It's one of the top teams in baseball in three runs or less. And the record there is like 13 and 56, more than four runs. And the record's really good, 52 and 28. And that comes with that sort of experience and consistency, which you'll be looking for. Again, it kind of loops back more at bats, more experience to try to iron those things out. Jose Barrios is on the other side today. Uh, it's going to be odd, right? I mean, here you go. You traded a guy who's been here for a decade and he's matched up against a bullpen game and twins fans are going, we're trading our best guys pitching against us and we don't even have a starter. What's it like for you sitting in your chair to watch Jose in a Blue Jays uniform, knowing kind of what you've also got in Austin Martin, where the club is, Simeon Woods Richardson, and knowing that it was a deal that, that you probably felt you had to make. It's the hardest part of the job, right? Because you, you, you love these guys. You get to know they become family for you. And Jose was that. He's a tremendous person, tremendous teammate. Uh, he did everything we've asked of him along the way. In some ways, I'm really proud that he's transitioned and done the way he did up there and you know, had to, you don't know how that's going to go when guys leave and change. So I'm proud of him as a person. It's difficult being on the other side, you know, knowing where we are and, and wishing that we had had him in the playoff run and we had the records flipped and we were in the same spot that Toronto is. But uh, I'm proud of him. Uh, at the end of the day, there's a lot of connections to people in this game and you care about people. I care about Jose and, and, and I want him to do well, but uh, if we beat him today, I'm good with that. that that's, that's the goal. <laughs> yeah. That, we'll, we'll find out how that goes. I know he has said he's not real pumped about this, but knowing Jose, the competitor, he will be ready to go from pitch one. Derek, we appreciate your time and your candor again. Uh, as always, I know it hasn't been an easy year for you guys uh, outwardly and inwardly uh, as you guys have struggled to get this train back up on the tracks, uh, the foundation in place, and it's going to be an interesting offseason uh, as we move ahead. And we can't wait to talk to you again uh, about things after this one wraps up and look ahead to next year. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Chris. All right, that's Derek Falvey joining us, and we appreciate his time here on Inside Twins. Reminder, we've got a lot more still to come. The pregame lineup card is next. Alex Hassan talks about a couple of the minor league clubs headed to the postseason, as well as our minor league player and pitcher of the week. Going to hear from Buck Martinez and Rocco Baldelli. Then, of course, it's baseball. Corey is back, and he and Danny will have the call. Barrios versus Luke Farrell on your home for Twins Baseball. You've been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.